The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 18th, 2018, season 14, episode number 42. Welcome to another edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. we got a great show lined up for you guys today. A lot to talk about. Uh, it's a Tuesday, so we'll do a little bit of a big picture look around the league, where the Cowboys rank in some, some statistical categories, some interesting things there, both good and bad. Uh, and then a little later in the show, we're going to actually get into evaluating each of the positions for the Cowboys and talk about our confidence meter at each position. Let these guys tell us what they think after two games, uh, how they're feeling about each of these position groups. All right, so we're going to do that. Should be a fun show. Let's uh, let's jump right in. Let's first hit some news. Bryce Butler, his name's all over the news today and has been over the news yesterday and today uh, with the possibility that the Cowboys will be signing him. What do you guys know at this point? Well, uh, DallasCowboys.com doesn't have anything yet. ESPN doesn't have anything. Uh, you know, uh, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Dallas Morning News. I don't think anybody's got anything official, but the Duffington but, Post. That's the but. <laughs> the Duffington Post, Bryce Butler himself announced it. Uh, <laughs> Sent out a press release. Posted a picture of himself in his Cowboys uniform, said it's a done deal. God is good. Uh you can always count on Bryce to hype himself up, man. Oh, uh, so, I mean, you know. Gotta love Bryce. It's, fu it's I funny. Love, I, I really the, enjoy being around Bryce. The, me the machinations of this, you know, like, at, officially, obviously, they can clear a roster spot in two seconds. But officially, like, a roster spot is not open for him. And the team would probably prefer to do it a different way. But Bryce Butler is going to Bryce Butler. So, he kind of <laughs> he let us all know that he's back. So, Okay, let's assume Welcome for a second. Back. Let's assume for a second that Bryce's report is accurate. Uh, let's assume that he got the right the right report. Um, what what kind of role could he play on this team? What what are you expecting his role to be? I mean, they've got a bunch of receivers that are kind of the same type of guy. Is he the same type of guy that middle mid level kind of wide receiver? I think what you're seeing though is is that there's an effort to to get more speed on this team. And uh, Tavon Austin, obviously, in the acquisition there. And then Deontay Thompson, he's not only on the team, but he's having a bigger role in the offense. You're seeing him uh, make some plays, make some catches. And then, you know, to add Bryce Butler, that's what he does. He extends the the um, the offense a little bit more. So to answer your question, you know, basically what you're saying is who's he, who's he taking? Whose spot is he taking on the field? Um, or role. Or role. I mean, player yeah, I mean, role. right now they'll have seven receivers. Um I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit and, and not to get into it, but, you know, there may not be seven receivers on this team come Sunday. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I think you kind of know but just by judging who's playing and, and see kind of who could be an odd man out, however way that is. But I think that they want to get more vertical in the passing game, and I think Bryce is a good guy to do it. I also think uh, – and. No way do I think he's just going to step in here and like play the same amount of snaps that like Dez would have, but he's probably the closest thing to like a real X body type that you have here now. I mean, I, we always said that about Alan Hearns, but I think Bryce is a, I don't like using the word thick, but like he, he's thicker and more physical, I think, than Alan Hearns probably. And 
We, I mean, they don't really do the back shoulder ball anymore, but he's a guy that can do that type of stuff. So he he's the closest thing to like a protocol, prototypical like outside the numbers receiver among these guys. I believe among and, the faster guys for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, well, and, and Noah Brown can't play right now. He's yeah. on IR. So yeah, he um, you know, if he had enough catches to qualify, he would have ranked I think third in the NFL last year in in average per catch. Uh, Bryce at around nineteen. 19.6 or something I, I get it you have to do it over a course of you know um i think the guy in detroit led the league last year marvin jones um is he still in detroit yeah marvin jones but, but yeah but i mean it's that um he's got some big playability um and he's done it here i mean a couple times in that arizona game i remember that's probably one of the reasons they signed him i mean he had a really couple of nice catches in there Dak kind of was rolling right and and throws it up he's a big target like you said and he's easy to see and I, I think he'll he'll be good uh, in whatever role that, that they use him, and I think it'll be a downfield threat. There was obviously a reason why the Cowboys didn't sign him back when he was a free agent. What's changed? I mean, is it a situation where right now they just feel like they want to get another body in here if somebody that maybe knows the offense? You know, or is it a situation where just the money didn't work? He thought higher of himself at that point. Well, then. he always thinks higher of himself. I mean, he told me before the Arizona preseason game that he would be starting in mm-hmm. Arizona – but even though he's going to play tonight and play into the third quarter of when a you said tonight, game, you were talking about that preseason third preseason game, game yeah. and he didn't start and didn't make the team, and so he always he just to say yeah, Skip Bayless, I'm going to come on your show and I'm going to talk about Dez and all this stuff. I mean, I, I think it was just like all right, there's no room for him here. But what's changed? Um, well, the summer changed, and what they thought they could get out of Terrence Williams it hasn't happened. He got hurt. He wasn't in the offseason. He did not have a good offseason off the field, obviously. Uh, I don't think that's over yet. And so now Terrence Williams isn't providing anything, you know, for you there. So there, there's one thing. Alan Hearns, I don't know if has been lighting the world on fire. I don't know if they're super excited about him. And, and Gallup is still developing. So I just think that there's a need for a veteran type of guy. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, even with all that being true, like – I don't I don't hate this signing and Bryce definitely flashed some big play potential but the Cowboys clearly didn't view him as a priority last year and I think the year before that they only even brought him back cuz they didn't think they could get Terrence back. Right. Um he was their insurance policy which I I, I don't know. I That was a bad one. They it, it 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 is what it is but What was a bad one? Terrence or him? Terrence. But see the thing about it was you can say now that it was bad and I I'm saying it. But I know we were all surprised Very. at the contract and how low it was. Exactly. To be able to get him at the numbers that they got him, I don't think was necessarily a bad... Brian Broaddus says it yeah. all the time. He was right on this one. You, you don't fall in love with your team. Don't fall in love with the fact that Terrence Williams is so great and you got to get him. But 31 other teams were like, we're not paying him anywhere close to that. And we don't want to sign him at all. And they did. So, I mean, it, and, and now they're kind of stuck with it for now. Yeah, I, what I was going to say, I mean, yeah, whatever. I'll just own it. Um, I'd rather go big and give up a fifth-round pick for Josh Gordon than do this, in all honesty. Really? Yeah, I I would. I, and I get that it might blow up in your face, but I don't know, like Bryce Butler caught 43 balls in three seasons here. Like I think his career high was 19 or 20. You know, I mean, the 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 – this this isn't gonna boom. I really doubt it's gonna boom. He's probably he's gonna be Bryce Butler. Like he's gonna be, he'll get some snaps. He'll make some big plays. Uh, 
And I don't know what Josh Gordon's going to do, and maybe that would blow up in their face, but it's a fifth-round pick and a guy that has at least the potential to be a real difference maker and a guy that can clean out the box, like a guy that I really think defenses will probably key on more than any other receiver on this team. Mm. Um, And I know, you know, Randy Gregory's here. David Irving will be here in a couple weeks. The receiver's room is young. I I know that, you know, you got a rookie in Michael Gallup who you probably want good influences around, but it is a very low cost and a very high reward. And, you know, I'm not going to kill him too much for doing it because, like I said, I get it. There's a lot of concerns there. But if you're going to sign a guy who isn't expensive and has a chance of failing, I'd rather go big than just bring back the guy that you didn't like last year. Yeah, I get your point. And I that's when I'm kind of struggling with because I, I agree with you from that standpoint that that's one of those risks that's like, well, the upside is so big that you really kind of want to see if you want to take that chance. Like, it might be worth taking the chance. Also look at it from the other side that this is a guy that hasn't consistently been on the field for two years. Three. In three years. Which, and so the likelihood that at this point now he's going to all of a sudden get it all right and be able to consistently be on the field for you <laughs> is probably you're, – you're probably shooting in the dark, right? I mean – so so who knows whether he'll he'll be able to even play in New England there. Don't you, don't you think something happened? Don't you think something happened in Cleveland where I mean that yeah, like yeah, enough is enough? Right. I yeah, mean that's the word well the word on the street is that he misled the front office and strained his hamstring shooting a commercial on a Friday night when he wasn't supposed to be. Right. Which to me I, and and I don't know everything and clear like that dude's got so much baggage I get it. and that's why I'm not going to sit here and shout fire and brimstone that I think this is just the dumbest decision ever there's plenty of reasons not to do this and honest I mean it reminds me of the Greg Hardy situation where you took a gamble not only did it not really pay off but it was a bad influence on a lot of the guys in there yep. but I think the issues that I know about marijuana smoking I think that's it's easier to manage than than very extreme and bad legal issues, in my opinion. Um, I I feel like the Randy Gregory situation has is, you know, affecting that move. You know, let's not say that the Cowboys. I mean, maybe Cleveland didn't want to draft him or trade him to anywhere else. I mean, that's what they want. Maybe they got the best offer. Maybe the Cowboys did send a, the same type of thing. But I just feel like, you know, the Cowboys haven't. I mean, Randy Gregory's not one hundred percent out of the you know out of the woods here i mean no they, they never say it all be. the time and never will be so you're already dealing with that i think it's questionable to say that the cowboys have you know i mean yes they've helped him but he's again it's it's a it's a process here i don't just don't know if adding josh gordon helps with that that's so you another two of those thing guys you got you two of them means, yeah. you're right about Ir- uh david irving really three of them Three guys like that, and I mean, great upside. But I just feel like Cleveland's been so patient with this. Something happened to the point where they're just like, we got to wash our hands of this. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. If you you might be right. Something and else. That's I always say these things can't be black and white. Like I can say that I would have maybe I I can say that I would have done it, and I'm a little disappointed that the Cowboys didn't do it. But I certainly understand the logic. I don't think that they're stupid for not doing it. There's plenty of reasons not to do it, but I looked at it. I'm going to steal a line from a Redskins reporter, actually, which this is crazy. Josh Gordon's big year, 1,600 yards, all that good stuff, was the same year that Robert Griffin was coming back from his ACL tear. Oh, geez. That's that's ancient history. Having said that, in his two seasons that he has been a part of since then, he's played five games in each of them, averaged around – 18 yards per catch in each of them. And I did the math. 
had he played 16 games, the math on his season is about 1,000 yards, about 60, 70 catches and 1,000 yards, 16 games. So it is a huge gamble that you can count on him for 16 games, but in the small sample sizes, he was still putting up better numbers than most of the guys in this locker room. But you know what I hear out of all that, and it really saddens me, is that essentially this guy had the potential to maybe be Absolutely. one of the best to ever do it. Absolutely. And basically just threw it away. And that's that's sad to me because, yeah. you know, it's, it's rare I, that anybody gets that level of talent, you know. Which I remember him at Baylor when I was really following that team. And, and I remember him as a young guy that that they were like, the coaches were like, you know, if we can just get him to Saturday, if we just get him to the games, you know, he, he could be he, – he's unbelievable. He doesn't really know any of the plays. But, of course, at Baylor in that system, you don't really need to because you're seeing a lot of those receivers that are doing yeah. great things. They're not even in the league. I mean, they right. cut Corey Coleman, a first-round pick, to make room for him. Yeah, right. so and we're not even talking about Corey Coleman. Like, no. the Cowboys have no interest No interest. There. He doesn't learn the offense. I mean, Terrence uh, – ter- give Terrence credit. He he actually – he might be, other than Josh Gordon, but he might, might be the best one. I mean, yeah. Kendall Wright's been pretty good in the league, right? I'd say consistently Kendall Wright's probably been the best because he's been at least consistent. You know, I mean, Katie but, Cannon, you know, put up great numbers. Yeah. What you know, but but my point is, is that he he was Josh Gordon, so freakishly talented, and and he came into I mean, people saw him on hard knocks. You know, he was like, I I know this these plays, I know these plays, and he caught yeah. a great touchdown against Pittsburgh. And I mean, but I just feel like there's they know more than anything, and I feel like something may be coming down the road. You there. might be right, and well, to bring it back full circle, Bryce is a much safer signing, and he's probably going to make much safer contributions to the team like I'll, and he can dj i mean he can that, you, he can that, dj have that a is party, you can dj i'll be shocked if his numbers th- this go around are drastically better right. than the first two which th- that's fine it's he's he will play a role in the offense he will make some plays that get you excited but i you know i don't think bryce butler is going to finish with a thousand yards for this team all right we're going to take our first break when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about where the cowboys well, anyway. are ranking around the league and some interesting categories, pass offense, pass defense, uh, a lot of those different categories. There's some interesting things to note there. We'll get into that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F15 mode and F24 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. (laughs) So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. 
To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. Talking Cowboys football as we do every day here on the break. We uh, will take phone calls throughout the show as well. If you guys have any pressing things you want to talk to us about, any questions, any comments, you can call us. The number is 888-855-2297. Again, it is 888-855-2297. We'll take your calls that way. Um, let's talk a little bit about how the Cowboys are ranking around the league. I went to look up a few stats just to see where the Cowboys rank, and it seems very apparent. I don't know that it's something we don't already know, but defensively, they rank really high in a lot of categories. Mm -hmm. Offensively, they rank really low in a lot of categories. Very similar to what we've already seen on the field. And again, I think we could have all predicted this, but let me just throw some of these numbers out there, and I want to get your reaction. Uh, passing offense, Cowboys right now are 30th in the league, only generating 149 yards per game through the air. Rushing offense, 11th in the league. Not, not horrible, but certainly not where you would think they would be with the rushing attack that they have, only getting 116 yards per game um, through the first two games. Uh, yards uh, and offensively, they are 30th in the league. Again, only 265 yards per game. Scoring offense, 29th in the league. Uh, only getting 14 points per game. You look at those offensive numbers. Are you any more concerned than you were before seeing where they rank relative to other teams in the NFL? I'm going to say no. I'm just, I'm going to sound like a grumpy old man. Cause like I didn't need to hear the rankings to know it was bad. I mean, you finish with less than 200 passing yards in the NFL two weeks in a row. You're going to be near the bottom because this is a pass happy league. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that. I would have guessed that they were somewhere between 25 and 32 it's not good um but i'm not any more i don't feel any differently about it having heard that yeah and and also you know they go hand in hand uh because the the defensive stats i don't know you haven't named those yet but i'm sure that they're really good and sometimes i, I remember there was a few years back where th this team wasn't very good at all but their defense was good uh and therefore you know they weren't given a lot of you know, they were getting some some short fields. Now, that really hasn't happened a lot this year, but when your defense is good and you're getting off the field and, you know, your offense doesn't have a long ways to go, and then if they're not going anywhere with it, you know what I mean, they're only going 15, 20 yards and getting a field goal. So sometimes those those can kind of affect each other. We're only two games into this, but I, I, I agree with Dave. We don't need stats to know the defense is playing well, the offense isn't, they're not sustaining drives. They're, I mean, yeah, so – in the NFL, three three hundred is what you're looking for to feel good about the offense, right? Total yards. Yeah, I mean, three hundred is what you're looking for to start to feel good. Yep. And three thirty is a good day. Three fifty is a really good day. Yep. If you're pushing four hundred, you did awesome. They had two thirty two in week one and two fifty five in week two. I mean, that's that's bad. That's like I said, there's no way around it. Um, and even obviously those things go hand in hand, but the running game hasn't been what we've been used to i mean even in this game what what was the final tally um 138 so one 138 is pretty good but 
uh, for what this team has done, you see Zeke with 130 and then another 30 on top of that. Like this team pushes 150, 160, 180, and they haven't even been doing that partially because the passing game hasn't been there. So so are you guys at all concerned about the running game? Because I, I think we kind of all expect it coming into this season and maybe the passing offense would not be as good um, as maybe what you saw a few years ago um, because they had so much transition. There were so many new parts in new places and you weren't necessarily convinced that the coordinator would know how to use all the right pieces, especially at the beginning of the of the season. Are you at all concerned, though, with the running part of, of the offense? I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I, it's not – they're not overpowering people, and, and I I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I think it's the fact that they – you know, you don't have – I mean, teams don't have to get beat up like that because they're just not going to get – you know, they don't feel like they're going to get um, beaten over the top. You got to keep doing that with Tavon Austin. You got to keep doing it now with Deontay. If Bryce is in here, you got to do that. That's got to be the way that they—they're not their intermediate passing game is not going to be there because that—that's not his strength. And they don't have a tight end that can help and, and really do anything. I think a tight end that can like turn around, get open after 12, 15 yards, get up the field. They miss that. They really do. I mean, you can say what you want about Jason Witten not being what he was, but but they don't have a guy that can really. Swain hasn't showed it yet. I'm not saying he can't do it, but he hasn't shown it yet, and they haven't shown that part of the offense. I think that tight end game is really affecting a lot of things with this offense. Uh, I feel pretty good, all things considered, because the passing game was not great the other night. Like, it was serviceable. But, again, like, if you don't even throw for 200 yards in the NFL, that's not anything anybody should be proud of. But – they ran for 138, Zeke averaged 4.6, and they averaged 5.5 as a team. And that's against, you know, we talked all last week. No, the Giants front seven isn't as good as it has been in recent years. Olivier Vernon wasn't there. But we talked, you know, Landon Collins was down in the box. They were going to try to put the game in Dak's hands. And they couldn't 100% do it. I mean, the Cowboys ran for 50 yards on that final drive of the game, the the one that put the game away. And like I said, they averaged five and a half yards per carry. So if you can do that against the Giants – I feel pretty good that you can do it against all but a handful of teams. And, I mean, the Panthers being one of them. I mean, you talk, you got all-pro defensive tackles and a guy like Luke Keekley. You can definitely take it away. But I think there's way more teams in the league that can't than those that can. It's interesting you bring that up because I did go and look at the teams the Cowboys have to play. And let's talk about it from this standpoint. If you look at the rushing game, for example, um, of the 11 teams the Cowboys have left on their regular season schedule – Four of those teams, uh, two of those teams, they have to play twice. But four of those teams um, have a top 10 rush defense right now. Now, of course, we've only had two games. Mm -hmm. A lot of that's dictated by who you play this early in the season. Mm. Uh, But Philadelphia is first, Tampa Bay second, uh, Indianapolis is ninth, Washington is 10th. So when you start talking about defenses that you think could give you problems against your running attack, it remains to be seen, but at least for right now, Four of those teams that you have to play in the final 11 teams you play have top 10 defenses against the run. Yeah, I, I think I, I've never really been a big fan of looking at numbers like this this early, and no offense to that, but just because one of the reasons why, you know, let's say people could say, well, the Rams haven't really played any good offenses yet, like the Raiders and the, and the Cardinals. Well, one of the reasons they're not a good offense is because they played the Rams. You know, the Rams put them in that boat, you mm-hmm. know. 
And it's kind of like when they say uh, this early in the year, you haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Well, it's because we beat you. You know, that's one of the reasons. So <laughs> right. uh, I, I think it's still early for that. Um, but but you know, we can kind of, you know, use the eye test on this stuff. And we, we kind of can see who's good and who isn't. And and, and I, I don't I think it's it's a little bit of reason to be concerned um, that they can't do what they want all the time, you know. But if they can throw the, I think throwing the ball deeper like that. I mean, they made an effort to do it, and I've never understood Garrett saying, "Well, you know, it's in the offense. We we've tried. Call it. I mean, get it blocked. The you know your guys can block, your receiver can run, and your quarterback can throw. Throw it. I just don't understand why you can't ever throw it. And they did. They did. They just threw it. Some they caught one, a couple didn't. You know, and then later in the game, you saw Zeke had a little bit more openings. I think I think there's something to that. It's not that hard, really. Throw it, as Randy Moss would say. Just throw it. I will say this, though, and I I agree with you from the standpoint of the numbers this early. The one thing that does concern me just a bit, though, and we'll keep an eye on this as the season progresses, but we talked about that rush defense number. When you look at that pass, the pass defenses that you'll have to face, right now there's six of the 11 teams that you have to play that have top 10 pass defenses. Who? Uh, It is Washington at number one. It's New York at number two, you've already faced. It's Detroit at number four, Carolina at seven, Jacksonville at nine. They'll probably finish the season at one, I would guess. That's kind of my point. Um, Atlanta at 10. I get it. Giants but, are up but there. Here's, why? Here's the point. Here's the point I'll make about this. The the one interesting thing about me, there are a couple teams on here that have the kind of offenses where you have to throw the ball to keep up. I think Detroit has an offense like that where you have to score and you're gonna have to pass the ball in order to keep up. I think Atlanta's like that. So you would think that these are games where their opponents are also throwing the ball a lot and and probably have to throw it pretty well, right? Let me let me I'm just let me just be the I'm gonna stick with the old man thing here because I'm I don't really I don't buy any of this crap until after like five or six weeks. I think okay. like two games is such a small sample size. Who do, the Redskins opened the season against Arizona? Yes, was like they look the worse. Like, the they are a second mess. to worse. Maybe. Who? I mean, of course you. I hope you had a good pass defense against them. Yeah. And and I'm not don't saying they're. Them, I'm not saying no, 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 no. Unfortunately, I'm not saying or Buffalo. Unfortunately, I am not saying they're not good. They, they might be the best secondary in the history of the game, but <laughs> this is not a big enough sec, uh, right. sample size for me to care. Really, the only thing I know for sure because I've seen it happen. Ten times in my career covering the Cowboys is the Eagles are going to be a problem as long as Fletcher Cox is there. Like yep. they're going to be a problem. They have shut down the Cowboys' running game year after year. They did it when Demarco was here. They've done it when Zeke was here. I know that's going to be a deal. Other than that, I, I need more time because. Well, but, that, but you know what, 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 real, what, what was it last year? Somebody. Somebody on the Cowboys schedule last year was super proud of their run defense. I don't remember who it was, but it was like all we talked about going into the game. And they just it was embarrassing. Like two years ago it happened back to back games at Green Bay. Maybe and, that's what uh, oh Cincinnati. No. And it was like the yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like the Packers were it was like a historic low. Like yeah. nobody's ever given up fewer rushing yards to start a season. Thirty four yards. Then, yeah. And they had thirty four yards in the first okay. drive. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Uh it so happens. and again. Some of these trends are going to prove to be true. That's not my point. It's just that we don't know enough yet for me to sit here and and act like these stats are gospel. All I know right now is that the passing game's got to get a lot better for this team to be balanced I, enough to win games. I think we're we're seeing that just how you know good Travis Frederick you know has been for this team and this offense. Um, I I don't think Looney's been a problem. 
not really. No, uh, but he hasn't been the best in the game. But he hasn't been right. the best. And, right. And I think that that's, you know, does he give up a lot of sacks? No. But is he pushing the guy off the ball and doing the things and open up this? You know, he's not hurting you, but I don't know how much he's helping you. I really the run do. game, yeah. I think, is where you see And the calls. Big, I mean, just, just, just seeing, just recognizing, okay, the linebacker's here. We're going to shift this thing here. I don't know. And now I know Zach is out actually helping with some of the calls as well. But that's it's better for the center to do it. Um, I don't know if Travis is going to come back. I really don't. And if he that's, does, I don't. Oh, if he'll be the same, I don't. Not not this year. I, I know was it Schlereth? Who's yeah, Mark Schlereth. He said it took him a while to get his he strength was out, back. Wasn't he out though for a year, and then it took him a yeah. while to get his strength and, back. Out and and maybe it's just a psychological thing. Yeah, that I know this, but if you look at Travis Frederick, he doesn't look the same right now. Just a little body type. Just looks like he's lost some of that strength. I, I could be dead wrong there but i maybe because i'm just kind of noticed it you know even if you don't notice it like i i said it at the start of the season and i still believe it and the more games we get into this thing the more i feel like i was right which is you know why like you probably could have just put this guy on ir you know and that's not a knock on him i know he wants to be out there but we're about he's not going to play week three so you're gonna you're almost halfway through the the window for ir and jerry jones said sunday there's still no timetable i think travis last talked to us two weeks ago and said he was still experiencing numbness in his hands and feet i mean does that sound like a guy who's gonna be ready to play and that's why again it's not a knock on him i think the world of him i hope he recovers uh, a hundred percent, but just like, just take football out of it for a little while and don't just put him on the shelf, which I don't, and I don't know if that's something they're going to do, but I don't get the feeling like he's going to help you anytime they, soon. They, they've, they lift every week, you know, they, they, they go in there on Fridays and that's part of their, and this is during the season. He obviously have, hasn't been able to do that. I and mean, if he can't feel his hands and some of his feet, he's not going to be lifting weight. So, I mean, he's going to, he, he's not in football shape right now and i just think it's going to take a little bit so the point is there you can get excited about randy gregory coming back on defense you can get excited if you want about david irving coming back um but just like we're doing all this without frederick i don't know if you're gonna get frederick back and if you are i don't know if he'll be the same one thing uh uh, one more thing i want to hit before we take our final break um i don't think any of us expected at this point of the season we would have three three games in a row where the cowboys will face teams that at this moment don't have a win uh, next week you go. Uh, this week we go to uh, Seattle, and they'll face the, uh, the the Seahawks. Then they have a game against Detroit at home, who's also zero and two. Then they go on the road to Houston, who's also zero and two. I think most of us probably thought that at least Seattle and Houston would be pretty good this year. So far, that has not that is not reflected in their records. That being said, of those next three games, which one do you think is is the most troublesome for the Cowboys of those zero and two teams uh, that they'll face over the next three weeks? I would say um, Seattle. I think that's going to be... Why, because of place? That, that That's part of it. I mean, not that they haven't won there, but I just don't feel like it's it's a... It, I just think the whole setting of it is going to be going to be tough. I mean, you, you talk about an 0-2 team making their home uh, opener. Uh, you know, they, they got to have this one. Uh, you know, they probably don't like all the stuff that's been talked about, you know, with Earl Thomas and all that. They're like, watch this. And I, I feel like, you know, it's a quarterback that... that you know they gave up a lot of sacks last night. They did, but um, I still think that's going to be a tough game. I mean, you know, Detroit at home will be tough, and Houston yeah, that's a, that'll be tough. You get a lot of Cowboy fans there, though. I, I I just think Seattle, if I had to guess, would be the toughest one. 
It's a I, it could I, be a hornet's nest that you're walking into there. Just I feel relieved because I thought I was crazy for thinking that. But literally, you know, I watched the whole game. I'm sure most of the people or a lot of people listening to this did too. And like – Rather than feel good about how bad they looked, I was just like, "This is bad." Yeah, this, it's I would not good. I would rather they win and be one and one, and the sky's not falling because an zero and two team, not just an zero and two team, but an zero and two team that's used to winning, that knows how to win. It's got a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. The coach has won a Super Bowl. Uh, there's some fiercely proud players on that defense, like Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner, who are not used to sucking. Uh, and I just think they'll probably pull out all the stops to keep this slide from getting worse. Uh, I don't feel good about it at all. But. Maybe it was because I was here in the late ninety, late nineties, early two thousands. I've seen though, when even when you have those kind of guys, when you have a bunch of guys around them that are young and don't know how to win, they can easily get frustrated. And before you know it, if if they 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 may not even have enough to be able to lead them out of that, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, there are Maybe. three guys on that team that you look at and say, oh, yeah, they're a part of the the greatness that Seattle has been and had the, what they've represented for all these years. And you look at Russell and you look at uh, Earl Thomas and you look at Bobby Wagner – there's a bunch of guys going. I mean, I'm a, I don't know that I've yes. seen a team oh. other than maybe San Francisco. Maybe it was that five years ago. Just lose all of their like all of their players that were their name guys. Just all of a sudden seem to not be and, there anymore. And like to your point, 2002 Cowboys. I, I just I'm just thinking about that particular team. Darren Woodson was still you know right. playing at high Henry level. Was still there. Roy Glover. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Coakley. And he still could only win five games. Yeah. You know because so you're. I think we're on to something that let's see what happens because they, you know, it's hard to put a team 0-3. But Absolutely one is, of yeah. the reasons why they're 0-2 is because when you watch their offense and you're like, you know, they're going to have a hard time moving the ball on this defense. And, and you know, their defense can be exploited a, li- a little bit, especially if you can run it on them. It'll, it'll be a fun game. It'll, it'll be a fun game. Weather will be a factor. We'll talk about that all week. Hey, I was going we don't I don't want to get too far into it if I have to give a scouting report on them tomorrow, but I just would like to point out I mean these teams are pretty familiar with each other by this point, you know, the, the 14 game is still the best Cowboys game I've watched. Um 15 and then uh last year too. So they've played 3 times in the last, you know, 3 years. Both f- teams are so different. But I I'll, and even well, they were last year. The point I want to make is that Seattle not being able to protect Russell Wilson has is not a new thing. That's true. And they have schemed ways to keep him clean enough to beat the Cowboys the last two times they've played. So I'm just saying, which the, the Cowboys pass rush looks better than it has. Seahawks protection looked real bad last night. But I, I remember in 15, he had no time whatsoever. I mean, you know, Greg Hardy made that acrobatic pick and all the, I mean, Russell Wilson tackling him by his shoestring was the only thing that kept him out of the end zone. But yeah. they still won that game. So. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We'll uh, close out the show, get you guys uh, some more information here. We'll talk a little bit more about these, uh, the confidence meter on some different players, some different parts of the team. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com slash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back. To the break. All right, let's talk a little Tommy John. Now we don't have any gifts like we did yesterday, but let me ask: I'm, Is anybody I'm, Cowboys now? I'm wearing. I'm wearing one of the gift pairs. So, not so the Cowboys pair. The so the other pair. one. Yeah. What's it gonna take for you to wear the Cowboy? One? You're gonna wear them. Uh, this is gonna like. Just When it's the next one on top of the pile, like yeah, that's about. Say, you're gonna. Wear won't matter. That's Tom, as much that's how as good I put in Tommy, Tommy John is. Um, we all know about how great the fabric is and how you don't have any, you know, adjustment needed and all that good stuff. You know this by now, but what you don't know is that they are giving 20% off your first order. Do you know that? I know that. Well, that's what they're I know doing. Now. Yep. Tommyjohn.com forward slash Cowboys. As you saw yesterday, they also have uh, women's um, apparel. You, see it. No. you saw that there was there was there. You didn't see it, but saw you bad. saw it. And you can see it on their website, Tommyjohn.com. And Amber did tell you that she checked it out and she was very this, yeah with it, so that was good. This is this is the best version of it that we've had in a while. Yeah. All right, let's get back into it. We'll take some phone calls. The number is eight 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 five five two two nine seven. Again, it is eight 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 five five two two nine seven. We'll try to get a couple calls here before we end the show. We got a call from Rob in Vegas. Rob, what up? Hey, Rob. Hey guys. How you, How doing? you doing? Good. Another year. Another year. Yes, sir. Uh, talking about Bryce Butler, I don't think he has to be great. I think he just has to be better than Terrence Williams. And right now, that ain't going to take much. I think he's got two catches. That's not a bad point at all. Yep. And uh, can we get away from the two tight end sets? I, I mean, I, I don't know what it accomplished. You're either going to get a holding penalty. <laughs> we never throw to them. And let's just go spread them out. I think that's what they started against the Giants. It looked, it looked better. And then I think that's they, they closed it back in, and all of a sudden, they couldn't move the ball. I, I think use the speed that we finally have. Get Rico Gathers in there. Should have been a touchdown. I'm not saying the guy maybe truly knows all the playbook, but he's, a, he's an athlete, and he's so big. I think he, he could just do more stuff. And uh, I, I'd rather go that way. I, uh, let's use the speed. And I, Dak is never going to be Tony Romo when it comes to throwing the ball. As a fan, I have to realize that. And I'm okay with it 
if they use him like they did against the Giants. If they if they try to make him a passer, this team's going to suffer. Let him do his few runs, and if he gets 170, 180 yards passing and 50 yards rushing, but gets first downs on those runs, I'm okay with it. Yep, I think that's that's very logical. Thanks for the call. And, you know, uh, I said that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I said that yesterday. I this is it's a totally arbitrary number that I made up. But if you just if you go look at the games where Dak has played the best. He flirts with 230 to 250 yards. That doesn't. He doesn't have to throw for 250. If he throws for 180 and runs for 60, or if he throws for 220 and runs for 30, as long if the runs are productive and the throws are smart, yeah, like that's that's this offense. If if you don't like it, I'm sorry. That's but that's I think that's their best way to move the chains. And that's I was disheartened a little bit to hear Stephen Jones say that he wasn't sure it should be a weekly staple to be running Dak like that. He said that on the fan 105.3 here in Dallas yesterday, and I was like, I disagree, Stephen. I know yeah. it's your team, but I I think a minimum of five. No, I wouldn't want him running 15 times like Cam Newton, but a minimum of five carries per week for Dak, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and To me, it has to be a part of the offense. I agree. Because that's, honestly, that's, one of the best things that Dak does. So when you take it, I, I've watched this with my college team. When you take, when you put a guy out there and you know the best of what he does and refuse to do what he does best, to me that's short circuiting your team. It's, yeah. It it kind of defeats the purpose of putting him out there. I, put the other guy out there if you don't think you want to do the things that he does best. So I, I think it's it's kind of necessary. I, mean, I think I, you know, and, and you got to take advantage of the way the rules are. I think it's one of the worst rules the NFL has, but. When you, when you get to run 25 yards and then decide that you get to slide, Party's over. Yep. you got to take advantage of it. I think the NFL should change it, but they won't, and, and you know, take advantage of it. And that, to go back to the other point, too, is I don't need Dak to run for 60 yards, you know, like Cam Newton. And, you know, if he runs five times for 21 yards and one of those is a touchdown and another one is a crucial third down conversion. That's pretty big. But even if it doesn't jump off the stat sheet, if, if he gets to the outside, cause he keeps the ball, he gets to the outside at the 40 yard line and went 20 yards because, and, and then the net, and then you get down to the eight and they do it again. And that linebacker is cheating going, hope is that going to keep it? And that's all it takes for Zeke to run right up the middle. Because because the threat is there. So mm -hmm. I, I, I definitely think you got to make it a staple. The, the one thing I will say, though, is I, I kind of agree with Stephen from this standpoint. If it's a zone read and it's not there, then it does. they don't need to call plays for him to run. They need to create those opportunities where it's an option. That's and that forces teams to say, we're going to choose one way or the other. If a team's going to say, we're going to take Dak away, we don't want Dak to be running free with the ball, that's fine. I'll give it to Zeke every time. And as a matter of fact, I'd love to give it to Zeke. So if they want to take that away, whatever they're going to give up in order to take that away, then give it up, take it away, and we'll, we'll gladly not run the quarterback. Yeah. But that's from that standpoint, yeah, he doesn't have to be – He doesn't have, him being a runner doesn't have to be a staple of the offense. Him an option as a runner, to me, does have to be a staple of the offense. There's – and, that, I mean, we talked about the tight ends yesterday, and we will keep talking about them, I'm sure. But there's two routes that I feel like they're going to go with that. They're going to say – this, we're not really doing this well, we need to do something else, or they're going to say, we're not doing this well because these guys are so new and we need to keep doing it so they get better. <laughs> and that's I just a guess on I'm my part. I'm going to guess they're going that way. They're gonna, I think they're going to go <laughs> the latter part. They're going to say, 
rather than do something else because we're better at it, we're gonna just hammer this thing until we get it. better. We're gonna at we're it. worry about what we do, not what somebody yeah. else does to us. Oh yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow, eleven forty-five. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?